0: Hello and welcome back to Lead with Compassion with me, your host, Nico McCall. Welcome to the season finale. I hope that season one has started you on your own journey of compassion, both for others and yourself. I know it has been extremely cathartic for me to look back on the last five years of my transition, but also how I have been interpreting my past. I've gone from criticizing myself for everything that hasn't worked out like I wanted it to, to being able to recognize that critical voice in the moment and overpower it with thoughts that encourage me instead. That has been one of the biggest shifts in my life to date. It might not sound like much, replacing a critical thought with an empowering one. Many times it doesn't even replace the critical thought. It just rides right alongside it. But for me, this has been and continues to be life-changing. Let's explore what it looks like when only critical thoughts exist. An example at the forefront for me is pursuing acting after transitioning to male. Before transitioning, I was confident about how I was perceived, what roles I would slide right into, what boundaries I could push. I got offered an audition from a picture I took of myself in the basement with a sheet as a backdrop and booked it off of self-tape not following any of the self-tape rules I now told I'm supposed to follow. Side note, I think I mentioned it before, but don't go looking for me in any movies before my transition. I turned down the offer. Again, giving in to that critical voice. But After being perceived as male, though, I lost all that confidence about how others see me, what roles are right for me, And what boundaries I can push. That critical voice in my head took over. It constantly pointed out how I didn't have training. Had never been to an acting class. How I'm too short to be cast as male. I weigh too much. I'm too old to just be starting out. I don't live anywhere close to a convenient place for filming. I have no contacts in the industry. I'm awkward on camera. I can't memorize lines. I come off too feminine. Instead of seeing roles I might be right for and getting excited for the possibility, my critical voice pointed out all the ways I wasn't right for the role and how I would never get cast for anything like that. I could keep going, but you probably get the point. My critical voice ruled all, and it wasn't pretty. It's, it's close to impossible to feel good about yourself when all you hear are critical thoughts. It's hard to grow, To better yourself as a person, to learn and gain experience. It's hard to imagine a life that doesn't consist of these negative thoughts. And this view of myself also spills out into other areas of my life. I'm more critical of others, more likely to be annoyed. Or I'm critical of how they're able to have and achieve what I want but haven't been able to get. I'm constantly unsatisfied in life, not giving any one thing I want enough attention to actually get it. The critical voice shuts it down before I've made any real progress. And this one is a hard one for me. I'm constantly redirecting myself back to what matters after getting off course thanks to my critical voice. And throughout all these critical thoughts, that same voice is there pointing out all my shortcomings, how I feel miserable. But it doesn't offer any solutions. What if I had a friend like this, or was in a relationship with someone like this? My guess is that my other friends would be trying to figure out a way to help me leave the abusive relationship. Isn't that what it is? Aren't we being emotionally abusive to ourselves when we let the critical thoughts run wild and control our lives? I know my critical voice wants very much to keep me isolated and from pursuing things that matter to me. And usually, the more I think about not listening to it and doing that scary thing it doesn't want me to do, the louder that critical voice gets. Have you noticed that it's not happy even when you do listen to it? There have been... Many times since transitioning when I did listen to this critical voice, I did not submit myself for roles because it told me I wasn't right for them. I did not do the prep work I knew was necessary for my headshots because that stupid voice was there yelling about how I don't know myself anymore. And then, after I listened to it, it mocked me for not submitting myself. For sabotaging my branding efforts. I mean, that voice doesn't have any consequences, but I do. So, what we have is a relationship with a voice that only tells us negative things. And we expect to just wake up one day and be happy? To be cast in that perfect role? It's not possible to be happy, to create the life we desire if we only have this negative voice to listen to. Unlike an abusive relationship with a friend or a partner, we can't leave this voice. It's part of us and will never go away. At least for me, Hoping that I would have a positive, encouraging voice tell me things hasn't worked out so far. I have to be intentional about it. In other episodes, I've given steps you can try to make room for this encouraging voice. But what does that look like? And does it really make a difference? For me, it looks like constant practice. Because, of course, that critical voice is there pointing out every time it wins, and the encouraging voice gets drowned out. So taking away this success and failure attitude relieves pressure. I don't have to be perfect at not beating myself up. I get to constantly practice drowning out the critical voice instead. And it continues to give me a lot of opportunities to practice. I get stuck being busy instead of giving time and attention to things that support my goals. This week, I started using the mantra, Today's decisions set me up for tomorrow. If I notice myself being busy with something, I repeat the mantra and ask, What is this thing I'm doing setting me up for tomorrow? When I wanted to eat junk food, the answer was not reaching my fitness goals. Incidentally, that made it much easier to go for a run after work, because that does set me up to meet my fitness goals. When I wanted to waste time looking for a new job, I was able to stop myself and pick a task that was more in line with my acting goals. Let's, let's go back to acting. I, I gave a lot of examples of how my critical voice tries to keep me stuck in my acting. When I don't question these thoughts and just accept them as fact... I cannot move past them. Somewhere there has to be a contradictory thought. I think it was Megan Trainer. In one interview, it talked about advice she received to stand naked in front of a mirror for several minutes every day. She said at first, all she saw was everything she didn't like, but after a couple days, She started seeing little things that she didn't hate. She might not have loved them, but she didn't hate them. And those first thoughts, and those first thoughts that contradicted the critical voice opened the door to more contradictory thoughts. And eventually she noticed things she liked about her body. I was able to poke holes in my critical thoughts around acting. I researched famous actors who are around my height, who found success later in life, who have transitioned. They made it work, so obviously it's not possible that no roles exist for me. They have to be out there. There's already proof I put off acting classes for a long time because my critical voice told me I was not good enough. That I would look like a fool who doesn't know what he's doing. It didn't matter that I had already proved this thought wrong by booking a role before my transition. So I had to poke more holes in that thought. Did only people who already know how to act attend acting classes? No. So when I was looking for a studio, I focused on ones that encouraged coming as you are. No judgment. I found interviews other actors had done talking about how they struggle to memorize lines. I found other interviews where they seemed awkward on camera, and roles in movies where they came off awkward. I continue to find evidence that proves my critical thoughts wrong. And when that voice gets loud, I drown it out with this evidence. I hoped for years that I would just be able to live the life I dreamed about, but that never just happened when I let go of that dream and actually start taking steps to encourage myself, then things start to happen. And the more evidence I collected, proving my critical voice wrong, the easier it was to overpower it. I used past tense there, but this is ongoing. When submitting myself For roles, sometimes I have to say out loud that it's not my job to make this decision. That's casting's job. As long as I match what they're looking for, it's their job to decide if I have the right look. Being able to do this allowed me to look back at how I've interpreted my life over the years. Believing this critical voice left me feeling powerless at the mercy of others. And I'm not talking about things that are outside of my control. I'm talking about giving other people and situations control over what is actually mine to control. Not submitting myself for roles because I thought I was too short. Submitting myself is 100% within my control. But I gave that power away. Just like finding a supportive, encouraging voice inside myself is 100% within my control. But I've given that power away, expected others to provide that for me. Remember earlier when I said this critical voice spills out into other areas of my life, making more making me more critical of others, well, I know I'm not the only person who has this relationship with their critical voice. If this affects other areas of my life, I'm sure it affects other areas of other people's lives. So how can I expect others to provide the encouraging voice for me? Maybe you have that in your life. I know I have supportive, encouraging people in my life. And sometimes I can use what they've said to quiet my critical voice, but they will never get rid of my critical voice. That's for me to overcome. And that is something I had a vague idea about when I started this podcast. And now I surprise myself sometimes because immediately after a critical thought, an encouraging one will enter and take over. It's practice daily. A lot of it comes from getting these thoughts out through this podcast, taking a different look at how I'm making space for compassion. What I'm just now starting to discover is what happens as I get better at quieting that critical voice and overpowering it with compassion instead. It's an exciting journey. Thank you so much for being here, for listening to this first season of Lead with Compassion. I feel honored that you are on this journey with me. I hope you feel me beside you on your journey. I'm not going to be gone in between seasons. I'll be preparing for season two. So continue to reach out. Find me on social media. Use the contact info in the show notes. Hop over to the podcast website, leadwithcompassionpodcast.com. What do you need? To take your compassion, either for yourself or for others, to the next level? Let me know. I'll do my best to get you those answers here. Watch for a trailer in November for season two. I'll let you know then exactly when season two will premiere. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you in season two.